You're listening to Wickham Sound online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. Somebody said that it couldn't be done, but he with a chuckle replied that maybe it couldn't, but he would be one who wouldn't say so till he'd tried. So he buckled right in with the trace of a grin on his face. If he worried, he hid it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. Somebody scoffed, oh, you'll never do that. At least no one ever has done it. But he took off his coat and he took off his hat. And the first thing we knew, he'd begun it. With a lift of his chin and a bit of a grin, without any doubting or quid it, he started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. There are thousands to tell you it cannot be done. There are thousands to prophesy failure. There are thousands to point out to you one by one the dangers that wait to assail you. But just buckle in with a bit of a grin. Just take off your coat and go to it. Just start in to sing as you tackle the thing that cannot be done. And you'll do it. This week's Wickham Wanderer Show dedicated to broadcaster and passionate chairboy supporter Bill Turnbull, who's passed away at the age of 66 from prostate cancer. Uh, we'll be uh, speaking in a few moments' time, hearing from uh, current Wickham Wanderers uh, club commentator Phil Catchpole. Uh, of course, uh, Bill commentated on many Wickham Wanderers games. We'll be getting uh, Phil's memories and uh, also the uh, memories of uh, and reflections of a number of other uh, people connected with the club and uh, supporters as well. Uh, remembering Bill, uh, we'll also get the thoughts of John Bignall, a member of the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, who knew Bill, and uh, we'll be catching up with him a little later on as well to find out uh, some of the activities that the ex-players are getting involved with. On the pitch, we'll get Phil's thoughts on that uh, draw with Charlton last Saturday, and of course, the uh, fantastic result in the EFL Trophy against Tottenham's under-21s. We'll also preview the Wickham Wanderers Women's League season with centre-back Amy Leach, as well in the next hour it is of course transfer deadline day and uh, as the show is uh, being broadcast uh, no ins or outs at the club but if you're listening to the podcast version <laughs> that might be uh, very different indeed but of course uh, the main news today of course uh, the uh, the loss of bill turnbull a uh, very passionate wickham wanderers supporter you'll recall Many of his uh, commentaries of uh, many Wickham Wanderers games, I'm sure, have your own memories, perhaps of knowing Bill or meeting him at Adams Park or on away days and uh, hearing him speak uh, so passionately about the club. But a little earlier on today, I spoke with the head of audio and broadcast, of course, the host of Ringing the Blues, and as mentioned, uh, current club commentator as well, of course, Phil Catchpole, uh, with his own tributes. Yeah, really gutted to hear the news, everyone at the club. You know, very, very sad, obviously, to hear the news and, you know, thoughts with his family and that now and today. But, yeah, um, fortunate enough to share many uh, a game in the press box and 
you know, along with many other people, shared many a laugh because that's what Bill was really. He was a great bloke and a, a great laugh. You know, we had some really good times. You know, not every game we did was a wick and win. Um, there was always something to smile about during the game. But yeah, really great company. And um, I think that's why he was so popular with Wickham fans because when they they listened to him, you know, he was such a great broadcaster that he was company for them too. And really nice, you know, that you always seem to give time for people. Uh, read some fantastic tributes already today, of course, and, and Dan Simpson saying that he contacted him at the BBC and he spent some time, you know, obviously he replied to him straight away and spent some time just talking about Wickham with him. Yeah, well, I think, you know, being a Wickham fan was a way in with Bill um, and he was always getting back to people and, you know, because because of the love for the club and everyone involved with it. And, you know, Bill just saw himself as another normal fan and he was, you know, and that's why the fans loved him because when they listened to him, it was like one of them was on the commentary because, you know, he got so excited about the goals and so upset about some of the decisions and, um, you know, he was, he was brilliant with it. And, yeah, so much time for everybody and, and one really... You know, memory that's particularly poignant today was not long after he went public with his diagnosis with cancer, um, a couple of fans came up to the commentary point to have a chat with him. Uh, one in particular who who had the same diagnosis as Bill. And then um, he sat down and had a really long conversation and it was quite moving to hear that. But then he, you know, him along with Stephen Fry as well, had that campaign just to make sure that, that men went and got checked, you know. And, and although, you know, it was too late for him, uh, in terms of his incurable diagnosis, he wanted to use that and use his profile to to help everybody else. And that kind of sums him up, really. It's a fantastic legacy to have left, isn't it? To to be known for, for someone who's raised awareness and, and hopefully helped so many men as well. Yeah, you know, well, I'm, I'm over 40 now and, you know, I'm going to go and get checked because that's what they say, isn't it? And it, and it does help when you've got people out there telling you to do so, not just sort of an NHS pamphlet or something that you can maybe not read or engage with, but, you know, real life stories is what affects people and, and, and that's what Spills was, you know, and and yeah, what a great legacy, as you say. And many fans will have their own recollections of, of Bill's unbiased uh, commentary and also uh, hearing hearing his voice, his lone voice, if you like, at Wembley on that playoff final too. Yeah, I mean, that was phenomenal, wasn't it? You know, Matt did a great job sneaking him in as a media assistant that day. And, you know, I think there was 90 people in the entire stadium that night, I think including the, the staff and the players. But with the Wickham bench and the, the few others, the Kuhigs, uh, Pete Kuhig and, and Bill, it sounded like a couple of thousand. And, yeah, I think a lot of the Wickham fans have been been sending in tweets to the club and messages. And a lot of them are referring to that, that game at Wembley because, you know, just hearing it was like a sort of a metronome quality of his chance of chair boys, just especially as the game was drawing to a close. And he felt he needed to, to try to chip in and hold on to the lead for Wickham. And he did, you know, and the players have said, I think David Wheeler's tweeted today saying that, you know, that they, they could all hear it on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I'll never forget it when the full-time whistle went because obviously it was weird COVID times, but he kind of ran up to the commentary point and gave me and Beanie a massive hug. And, you know, the look on his face, he just couldn't believe it. I mean, none of us could, but, you know, it meant the world to him. And um, it was fantastic he was there. And that was uh, playoff final one, let's call it, but playoff final two, of course, as well. His his fantastic moving um, sort of reading there. Yeah, um, you know, it was we were thinking about what to do with the screen, and and we had a bit of time that we were, was allotted to the club, and it, it came to mind straight away for all of us sat here in the media team. We're like, well, you know, Bill is the voice of the club. You know, when it comes to the massive occasion, Bill's voice. Um, really only had the gravitas to deliver it and, and, and brilliant it was too. Um, and he was always so happy to help out, even 
you know, during the pandemic and when he couldn't really travel or get out much, you know, he had his home studio from Classic FM. Um, and he did a great episode of the podcast with me, which um, I've listened back to a bit this morning and, and I have to admit, I had a little cry when I listened to it. He was, you know, because of what we spoke about and his love for the club really came across. You know, I remember just texting him and saying, Bill, um, can you read this out for us and record it? And, uh, you know, within the hour it was done and sounded great. Um, you know, he loved being involved and he was... Um, we all know for a fact that he was watching and listening to the games um, right up until the end. Um, um, and, you know, I think me and Matt would regularly get text messages during games about goals or refereeing decisions and uh, or after the final whistle with his thoughts on the match. And, you know, he was a huge fan and, you know, we're going to miss him terribly, Colin. He's, he's going to be a huge loss for the club and everyone connected to it. No, definitely. Really brilliant to see him at Adams Park earlier in the year as well and, and the reception that he got from the supporters and also from, from the um, the manager and also from Matt Bloomfield as well. Yeah, you know, Bloom's near him really well. They, they're, they're almost near neighbours, you know, they live in the same part of the world. And, you know, I saw Bloom's earlier and, you know, visibly upset by the news today, as you'd expect. But yeah, and, and Gareth as well. Um, you know, there'll be there'll be quotes coming from Gareth today. I'm, I'm sure Gareth will speak about this later today. and. Uh, um, and put it into his own words as well but yeah it's you know he meant everything to everyone at the club and uh, I'm sure and um, Bill will be so pleased with, with how the team are doing and um, we'll, we'll, we'll focus a, a bit more onto the onto the football and, and a, a, a draw uh, on Saturday at Charlton which you know you felt like a, a, a decent result but when you spoke to the manager afterwards I think he was a bit dis- disappointed really yeah home game and Wickham had you know dominated in large parts of that first half and played some really good football but just didn't really have the cutting edge um, when they needed it. And then I think the second half, uh, Charlton kind of got to grips with Wickham's style. I think it took him a bit by surprise, maybe in the first half. Uh, I think without Sam Vokes, Wickham were playing a sort of a different style going into the final third. Uh, they got to grips with it in the second half, Charlton. And, you know, I think one all was fair enough. Um, I think the most disappointing thing for Wickham, apart from not scoring enough whilst dominating, was conceding immediately after going in front. And that, that was the hard bit. But yeah, uh, I think a lot of positives to take from it. I think Charlton are a good side as well. I think under Ben Garner, they're going to have a really good stab at it this year. We'll see in a couple of months where that result sits in the league. We'll get some real perspective on that. But yeah, uh, decent performance. And there's just remember some big players to come back, you know, Tapazoli and Vokes. And I know all, all the fans that have done the mental uh, picture of it, thinking, well, if those two players had been in for the first four or five games of the season, we'd have more points now. Uh, and I tend to agree with that viewpoint. And it does feel like among supporters, doesn't it, that things are a lot more positive now. We've had these, these two games unbeaten in the league as well. Yeah, you know, and these are against teams that uh, I think will be up there. Like as I said with Charlton, Barnes have just come down from the championship and we can blow them away. Uh, three wonderful goals and they built on that with a draw against Charlton. I think Fleetwood's going to be a tricky one. It's always tough going up there. Uh, even though we're going up at the tail end of summer, I'm, I'm braced for winter conditions. <laughs> um, and yeah, tough place to go and play football. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, they've got a good platform now, Colin. And I think hopefully, um, you know, obviously, as we know, Gareth keeps his injury news close to his chest and we don't want to second guess it. But hopefully there's some some bright news ahead in terms of returning players as well. And really interesting on Tuesday night as well to get such a, a great glimpse of some exciting talent. Um, Gareth mentioned that there were some, you know, sort of more experienced players who needed minutes as well. But uh, the future looks really bright. Yeah, it's... Uh, Papa John's two points uh, after beating the Spurs under 21 team, which was two more points than we got last season in this competition. Um, and I think it shows you the distance that this development squad has covered because uh, they dominated large parts of the game 
against that Spurs under-21s as well. And, and if you also, we should refer to the League Cup games against Northampton and Bristol City. And the, and the, the younger players, I think, really played their part and showed the, the potential and why people are excited about a lot of these players. Um, it's moving in the right direction. And, um, yeah, I think it's exciting times and it's good to see them involved in the first day ma- match day squad, first team match day squad in League One uh, when they're needed. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can keep developing them because, you know, somewhere in there is the next uh, Anis Fumetti, the next Chris Farino. Uh, and that's going to be great news for the fans in this club. And you can't overestimate what Gareth has at his disposal compared to, you know, what he had such a comparatively short time ago. Yeah, I mean, this is what people keep saying. Oh, you know, Gareth's been here for 10 years and it's almost like it's a different club now. So, um, yes, it's the same club. It's the same badge, the same name, obviously. But in terms of everything else at his disposal, it's incredibly different. And, you know, largely due to the great work that he's led here at Wickham Wanderers. Um, I think it's great that he can now benefit from that. Um, it's a different style of management he's got now. It was before it was like, right, who's fit? Right, you're all playing. You're on the bench. Uh, whereas now he's got some decisions to make and, you know, but good decisions to make. It's a real positive thing to have. Um, you know, not easy calls for some of these, but, you know, it's a great problem for any manager to have. And it's great to see Gareth evolving as a manager now, tactically and everything strategically. Now he's got more at his disposal. And as you touched on it, a real tough test coming up uh, on Saturday for uh, Fleetwood, a team who you know have had a similar start to Wickham and uh, part of quite a sizable group of teams who are all on seven points. Yeah, well, they love a draw, don't they? Um, I think it's uh, lost one, won one, drawn four. Um, and their first-time manager, uh, Stephen Brown, up in um, the old Scottish captain, has come down. You know, very combative midfielder, wasn't he? And I think he steadied the ship there and they were very lucky to stay up last season, if I'm being brutally honest. Horrendous form uh, the second part of the season. I think they won just once after the mid-January. Um, stayed up on the final day despite losing that game. Uh, they've had a lot of ins and outs. I think 12 have, have gone and 13 have come in. New manager. And he's made it more solid. We're speaking on transfer deadline day. I know they're thinking about trying to get a striker in. But yeah, they're certainly very hard to beat, as the run of form suggests. So this one won't be easy, Colin. Really appreciate your time. Look forward to hearing the commentary on Saturday and uh, good luck with the weather conditions. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely packing my coat for this one. Uh, Phil will be bringing us uh, live commentary here at Wickham Sound. Uh, build up from two on Saturday afternoon, uh, full match uh, live from three, of course. Make sure you don't miss that. Uh, Wickham Wanderers players will be wearing black armbands up at Fleetwood uh, as uh, a tribute, of course, to Bill Turnbull. And then the next home match against Port Vale on the 10th will be dedicated to celebrating the life of... Uh, Bill Turnbull, who's meant so much to so many. Plenty of tributes uh, on social media today. Chairman Rob Kuig wrote a wonderful person and true friend of Wickham Wanderers. It was a privilege to hear him share his love for his club. The class that he demonstrated during his struggle was inspirational. Uh, may his memory be a blessing to his family and friends. Rest in peace forever, a chairboy. Uh, the captain, Joe Jacobson, wrote so sad to hear the news about Bill Turnbull. Always had time for me at Adam's Park. He loved Wickham Wanderers uh, incredibly and uh, to hear about his story and how well he's been dealing with his illness and uh, he shared uh, with us all uh, such a nice man to be around and uh, also uh, thoughts go out to his family the Wickham Wanderers Sports and Education Trust everyone at WWSET is deeply saddened to hear of the passing of Bill Turnbull they wrote uh, all of our thoughts are with his family and friends at this difficult time Wickham Wanderers women everyone at Wickham Wanderers women are devastated to hear 
hear the news of the sad death of Wickham legend Bill Turnbull. Uh, their thoughts uh, are with all who knew and loved him. Uh, Paul Hayes, former skipper, of course, such sad news. Uh, Bill was a caring gentleman. Everything uh, that uh, I got to meet him, uh, RIP. Uh, Phil's tribute as well on Twitter. We heard from him uh, just a moment ago, of course. Uh, Bill called many chairboys goals, questioned one or two refereeing decisions and had countless laughs along the way. He was a tremendous, uh, tremendous fun and uh, we're all going to miss him terribly. Uh, Matt, of course, who's the head of media at the club, wrote a personal message on Twitter. Uh, Bill, I was in awe of you when I started commentating alongside you all those years ago. It was such a privilege to get to know you. You lit up Adams Park every time you visited. I promise to give referees a hard time in your memory. Rest in peace, Bill. Uh, David Stockdale, RIP Bill, a wonderful gentleman that came to share his story with us. A sad day and uh, a nice tribute from uh, former uh, Wickham Sound presenter Aaron Paul. Kind, funny and super sharp. Bill was huge for me as I entered my broadcasting career with Wickham Sound and Hospital Radio. A joy to be with at Adams Park in the press room. He was also on hand for a chat and a bit of advice. Wickham Wanderers has lost a legend. And also Sergio Torres as well uh, wrote what terrible news. Had the pleasure to meet Bill a few times and uh, what a nice and very helpful guy he was. Rest in peace. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. This week's Wickham Wanderer show dedicated to Bill Turnbull, who has sadly died at the age of 66 from prostate cancer. Uh, normally, around this time, uh, we uh, bring you a uh, former Wickham Wanderers player as courtesy of the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. I'm a bit excited to let you know that uh, on next week's show, uh, we'll be chatting to uh, legendary winger Steve Guppy, who uh, you might know is currently in Nashville. They're six hours behind. I've also learned that comparatively recently as well. Uh, so that's to come next week. A uh, big thank you to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association for helping to arrange that. Uh, this week, we hear from uh, member John Bignall, who have been uh, speaking to a bit about the activities of the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, because they've been quite busy in the, in the last few weeks. Uh, also, you may well know as well, uh, quite instrumental in uh, sort of getting things ready, uh, Adams Park, along with the uh, other volunteers as well of the Trust. Um, so uh, lots to chat to John about, uh, but starting with, of course... Uh, his uh, uh, reaction to uh, the sad news, of course, that, um, as mentioned, uh, Bill Turnbull has died. Yeah, yeah, very sad news this morning, yes. I mean, I knew Bill. I think he'd been to some ex-players events in the past and obviously hugely connected with the club over the years. Um, uh, saw him recently. I saw him at Wembley. And, um, yeah, he did a terrific battle. I mean, he's fought, really. And, um, but very sad to lose him. And uh, a great loss. A really nice chap. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure something echoed by many supporters who will, you know, will certainly recognise him from, from his commentaries of the club as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He was an integral part of the club for many, many years. Yeah, m- much missed. And uh, obviously we've got you on to chat about the, the Ex-Players Association, which, which seems to be really kind of coming to life now. Well, it's certainly been a busy few weeks. I guess we're a bit like all football things, really. We, you know, the start of the season seems to bring a sort of a sudden rush of things, although we have had our sort of annual bowls tournaments and, and golf day during the summer but uh, yeah since the start of the season I mean I guess we were we, we've been renewing the, the, the panels in, in Montes which if, if people haven't been into Montes Bar it's um, it's a bit like the, the sort of the museum of the club really with lots of uh, information and memorabilia in there and the history of the club and we've just been upgrading some of those um, basically to reflect the recent history of the club uh, the various uh, Wembley visits in the last 
few years, and also um, various other things. We've just updated and, and, and a, a bit about the, the women's team, and um, so yes, that, that's been a busy time, and we wanted to get that ready for the for the start of the season. So that's been busy. And other things, we've uh, last week was a quite a busy week. We arranged for Len Worley, a real legend. I don't think there's many people involved with Wickham Wanderers that hadn't heard of Len Worley, although he's now 85 years young. Um, we arranged for him to go up to the training ground and he met uh, Gareth Ainsworth and some of the other players up there and watched a bit of training and then um, Wickham Wanderers TV did a did an interview with him which uh, if anybody hasn't seen it yet is well worth having a look at and uh, you know Len talks about his uh, very very interesting football career 15 years with the Wanderers some great stuff on there and then Len again because Charlton was one of his former clubs one of the clubs he he had a few games for he played for a couple of teams which most people probably know but he, for those that don't he played for Charlton and Spurs as an amateur whilst he was still at Wickham uh, in the first division but came back to play for Wickham after each time and he had a very fond uh, memories of playing for Charlton so he was at the Charlton game on Saturday with his 10 year old granddaughter who was watching a first ever football match and uh, the club arranged for them to lead the teams out, which was a really nice touch. And really nice for the fans to see Len after recovering from his own health scare too. Indeed, yeah. He had a, had a heart attack uh, back in the autumn last year and um, pleased to report that he's back playing uh, golf again and tennis twice a week. So, um, yes, he's, he's made a, a pretty full recovery, which is great stuff. Great news, really. And when he was at the training ground, he had his boots with him, I noticed. He did. It was funny, Colin. He got got out of the car with these boots hung round his neck, and he said, "I wonder if I might get a game." Um, but uh, yes, and I think his boots caused uh, caused quite a stir when he was some of the players. And there was one lovely cameo moment when the 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 staff was showing him the the sort of GPS monitors that the players wear these days and how they video the games for various things. And the ball sort of came seemed to come from nowhere, which over Len's shoulder which he trapped immediately and then flicked up in the air and did about three or four keeping up before kicking it back which was wonderful <laughs> Oh, that's a fantastic story and another uh, club legend uh, Tony Horseman uh, you've been working with as well of late Well I have yeah that, that's quite an interesting story uh, back in the in the, in the spring um, uh, a guy called Baz Flam who comes from Norway came to an evening game at Wickham and he's uh, he's produced this fantastic leather-bound autograph book which includes every league club in the country plus some national league teams and he's a calligrapher so he's, he's written the names of the sort of the star players from all the clubs and done a hand-drawn uh, club badge and he goes round the country basically getting autographs signed it's a giant autograph book um, and he'd come to Wickham for this game and uh, came along and, and saw one or two ex-Wickham players and got them to sign he also came back again for uh, Bayo's uh, sort of last big match when we celebrated uh, his career with Wickham for the Doncaster game. Uh, got some more signatures then. And we sort of kept in touch. And uh, I had a message from him a few weeks ago saying he was being in London again for a few days. And would it be possible for him to meet the Bodger? Which I thought was great. He didn't say Tony Horton, <laughs> the Bodger. So, um, so I, I, I got in touch with Tony and um, arranged that, uh, he, that he would sign Baz's book. So I picked picked Baz up from the station and took him to Tony's house and uh, 
Tony Julie signed this autograph, but but Baz presented Tony with a lovely framed uh, photograph of, of himself with, again, the club crest done by hand and, and, and details of Tony's career around it, which was a really lovely touch. Um, and later on that day, because he crams a lot of stuff in, this guy Baz, he went to uh, see Watford play Burnley in the evening and there, there met Luther Blissett and they are apparently the only two players that are the leading appearance makers and leading goal scorers in their clubs in the country. Wow. Which was, uh, you know, so it was quite a double for him that day. But that was really nice, a nice a, a nice guy, and um, I think uh, Tony really appreciated the, the attention, really. I understand fans can get a limited edition uh, copy of Baz's book too. They can, yes. I think the details are on the club website and probably on the, the ex-players' uh, Facebook page. Yes, he, it's, it's a printed version, um, beautifully done. And if you're an autograph hunter and you like travelling around the country, I mean, a fantastic thing to have, really. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And great for Baz to be able to meet the Bodger as well. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's wonderful, really, that uh, uh, you know Tony's still still remembered, and of course that name, which is great, we keep the Bodger name going because it it's uh, you know synonymous with the chair boys, really. And really nice for youngsters as well, I think. You might see the mascot Bodger on, on a match day and not really perhaps know the story behind that. Indeed, yeah. I mean, talking of mascots on the on the on the day of. Um, Akin Fenwar's, you know, the way David celebrated his career. Actually, Bodger presented uh, Akin Fenwar with uh, something out on the on the pitch there before the game. And while we were waiting for Bayo to come out, the, the mascots all had their photographs taken with the real Bodger for once, which was very nice. No, definitely. I'm really pleasing for the ex Players Association as well to have your activities up and running again after the last couple of years that we've had. Well, indeed, yeah. I mean, we are, we're having uh, our dinner is on the 18th of November, uh, so that's coming up in the not-too-distant future, and that will be the first one since 2019, so uh, JDT's working very hard on that at the moment. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a few surprises, but a, a great presentation, as always. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, we, we've managed to, to do all of our activities this year. We, we, the quiz went ahead in the, you know, back in the springtime, and then, as I say earlier, uh, earlier we, we've had the bowls and the golf, um, and another thing that I'm trying to resurrect at the moment is um, back in the day, actually before the Ex-Players Association, a, a, a former Wickham player called Derek Draffin used to organise a golf day for his former teammates. And um, that went on for many years. And then um, these are guys that played in the 50s. So golf was becoming a bit much for them. So they used to have a lunch every year. Uh, Derek Graffin sadly passed away a couple of years ago, and with COVID and everything else, that lunch had, had sort of stopped. But uh, I'm just reorganising one for those players that played in the 50s um, for for next month. And but you know, because we've lost quite a few of the the original guys, we're going to have to bring some youngsters in that played in the 60s to uh, make up the numbers. But I'm sure it will be a lovely, lovely occasion. No, it sounds like it'll be a great event, and really nice for supporters to get to hear about what the ex-players are doing as well. Well, yeah, it's, um, you know, there's always something going on behind the scenes and, and uh, you know, it keeps us out of mischief. Another thing that would happen this week or last week, actually, for the Bristol City game was that Bristol City are just starting an ex-players association. I think it's been going for a few months now. And they contacted us um, after they could meet before the, before the Carabao Cup game last week just to find out how we do things and, um, you know, what, what's, what's good, 
what's what things to do, what things not to do, and um, and how it really works. So that was quite nice. So we we you know we're getting a relationship with other clubs as well, uh, and it's nice to know that you know ex players are a part of the present day in, in in football clubs really. And virtually, I think all, to be honest, uh, ex-players that we speak to uh, on this show say, obviously, how special the club is, and, and that's something that can be really be highlighted by the Ex-Players Association as well. Well, I think so. I mean, it, I, I think if you play football with somebody, it, it's friendships that, that last last forever, basically. In fact, after I talk talking to you now, I should be talking to my old pal Viv Busby, who played for Wickham in the 60s, and um, he lives in Spain now, but, you know, we, we, we're lifelong friends and we, we keep in touch. So um, yes, there, there's there is something about being part of an ex-players association, and uh, it's it's a special bond, really. No, and great, obviously, for different generations of former players to be able to share their stories as well. Well, I think that's that's the good thing about it, Colin. When they when they do come together, it doesn't matter whether they played fifty years ago or, or twenty years ago. They they're all playing for the same team, and they, what I like to see is that the players do mix. Um, they do talk to each other, and it's it's. It's really nice. I mean, one of the things we do on match days as ex-players is we take some of the present squad round to the um, hospitality boxes and introduce them to, to people. And we've just started doing that again this season since uh, the COVID uh, regulations have, have eased. Um, so that's a nice thing. But um, just um, we, I took Charles Hagen, who's a news player from... Shepherd Wednesday last week, and I took him in to see meet some of the ex-players as part of that, and um, it was just lovely to see the interaction between you know a present-day young player and players that have played you know many years ago. They've still got this same enthusiasm, you know, people looking back, people looking forward, and it's it's a great mix. And how can people find out more about what the ex-players association does? Well, they, they we've now got a page. If they go onto the club website, there is a link on there to. Um, to the ex-players association so you can see all the articles that actually appear on the club website and now in that special section they go into there um and also there's there's the ex-players facebook page which is updated pretty much daily oh it's been a pleasure to speak to you thank you very much for your time was there anything else that you wanted to add as well uh not really colin um nice to talk to you as ever and um all i would like to say is that um i just think we're honoured to be part of a, of a great football club. Uh, Wickham is a community club. One thing we didn't mention, actually, was the, the visit last week from the Star and Garter home in, in Wickham uh, to the club, uh, where we presented an honorary membership to a chap called Johnny Brooks, who is the, now the oldest living Wickham player. I think he's 95 later this year. We only found out about him very recently, but the club arranged for people from the Star and Garter to go go and have a tour of the, the ground and entertain them. And uh, as, as a group of us ex-players uh, members went down and, and talked to Johnny. Alan Hutchinson, our chairman, presented him with a tie. And uh, again, you know, it's just... it's. It just proves what a real community club we've got. John Bignall from the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association talking to us here at Wickham Sound, rounding up their latest activities. Some other former player news that you might not have caught. Uh, Darius Charles has taken up a new job at Manchester City. Uh, the 34-year-old who spent three seasons with the Chairboys between 2018 and 2021 will work at the reigning Premier League champions as a senior house parent looking after and mentoring some of the world's most talented young players. 
Wanderers. We wish him luck uh, with his role. And you may have heard as well, uh, former Wanderers captain Adam El Abd uh, has retired from football. Uh, that's a fortnight just before his 38th birthday. And uh, of course, uh, he made uh, plenty of appearances for the club as well and uh, we wish him uh, all the best in his retirement uh, don't forget uh, as mentioned we'll be uh, featuring more from the uh, actually 528 appearances <laughs> for um eight uh, league clubs so uh, a fantastic career for him and uh, we wish him all the best uh, so big thank you to uh, Wickham Wanderers ex-player association uh, for their contribution to the show and very much looking forward to chatting to Steve Guppy next week hope you can join us for that online on radio player and on 106.6 FM this is Wickham Sound a special Wickham Wanderer show this week dedicated to Bill Turnbull, who uh, has, uh, it's been announced today that he's died uh, at the age of 66 from prostate cancer. If you've just tuned in, the club has announced that the game up at Fleetwood on Saturday, the players will be wearing black armbands, and the next home fixture, which will be, of course, against Port Vale on the 10th of September, will be dedicated to uh, celebrating the life uh, of such a wonderful man. And uh, we'll be uh, telling you before the end of the show uh, some words from uh, Gareth Ainsworth, who's given his tribute as part of the club's pre-match drills, which you can get on Wanderers TV. As I say, uh, that's on the way between now and uh, the end of the show. But first, uh, also this week, uh, this coming Sunday, sees the start of the new season for Wickham Wanderers Women. They take on Winchester City Flyers away in their first league game. Uh, there have uh, been a number of changes. We've spoken to the uh, new uh, head coach, Carl Simon, of course, and uh, had Cara Hawes on as well, who's the uh, the vice-captain uh, of the team as well. They've, uh, of course, got a new ground uh, up at Burnham. Uh, where they train and also play their home fixtures now after in previous seasons being up at uh, Doors Hill Lane at the uh, college campus and uh, we've been catching up with uh, centre-back Amy Leach who um, obviously is uh, very excited at the start of the new season has been celebrating uh, the great achievements of the England team at the Women's Euros uh, but first it gives us a bit of background to her own uh, football journey I followed my brother's footsteps and when he started playing football, when he played play for Oxford United and, you know, being the younger sister, I've been dragged along to the game. So ever since I was a young girl, I've always been involved in a lot of sport and football. And like when he would go away with football, I was always there. So during this time, I was always playing with the team's younger brothers. So originally, that's how it started for me. I was playing like I used to go to summer camps with all boys. There was never really many girls at the time. So my brother used to go to summer camp. My mum would put me in too. So ever since, oh, a young age, I've been kicking a football, to be honest. But I started a team when I was 10 years old, just for my local Dickot team. They just started up a Dickot girls team, casuals. And yeah, it went from there, really. And then I went to play further. I went to Redden for a little while. I played for Oxford City. Then I went to Abingdon. And then I was spotted from for Wickham. So then, yeah, I went to trial at Wickham, and ever since I've been there, it's been great. <laughs> and have you noticed the real rise in popularity in women's football generally? Oh, yeah, massively, especially after the women's Euros. The participation rates have grown massively. You know, the women's football continues to change beyond recognition now. However, the game continues to rise and remains the fastest-growing sport in the world. And being part of a football team, especially girls, it gives us a great, strong sense of self-esteem, you know. It makes us feel less self-conscious but most importantly empowers us with the confidence to reach our goals especially now after the women have done such a great job and won the Euros 
I think it just gives us, yeah, more confidence to reach goals and aim high. I think as well, something else which really stands out is people's perception of women's football, as you say, especially since the Euros and, and before that, the World Cup even, that, you know, people, I guess, kind of sneered at women's football in a way, just thinking, oh, you know, girls aren't as good as football as, as, as the men, but it really shows that, you know, there's a great standard of football there. Yeah, definitely, especially, like you say, after the women have, have just been, uh, oh, honestly, astonishing how they've played. And just, yeah, how women's football is growing. We're, like, every day, you know, becoming stronger physically, mentally in the game. As you said, how it was sort of frowned upon women playing football, but obviously we've shown now women can do it. And like I said, it's given every other woman and girls younger just the belief and the motivation now that we, women can do it, it's not just men. <laughs> I think we should speak a bit about your position as well, because I remember when I was at school, there weren't too many people that wanted to be defenders. Is that something that you've always done? Or Yeah, so in primary school, actually, funny enough, I used to be a striker when I was really young, when the girls used to play. But no, ever since I started football, I think I'm just built quite strong, and I've always been fast and strong, so the best position for me was to be a centre-back. And playing alongside the defence and Wickham and becoming a centre-back is great. I couldn't see myself playing in other any other position now and as you say you've been at Wickham sort of a comparatively short amount of time how have you how would you assess how it's gone so far when I first started it was great we had a great manager great coach and last season well at least to say it wasn't the best for us but we've had a new manager coming recently and the, everything's changed the professionalism the perspective on just Wickham women in general we've gained so much more help from the club and I think Carl's done a great job in pushing that so how's the transition been for you and the rest of the team as well? Because you've had, you know, changes in, in personnel and, and kind of real structure in the club as well. Yeah, of course. Um, so since Carl and the rest of the coaching team has come into the club, they've made a massive change on and off the pitch. Like I said, the professionalism it's brought has been amazing. It's, I feel like it's been the missing piece. We've needed to establish credibility and able to promote a feeling of more trustworthiness, I, I suppose. He's improved all of the players and helped us produce positive results on the field, but also brought us all together off the pitch as well. It's lovely because we're now like a family and we all support each other. And I understand there's been an increase in number of training sessions as well. Yeah, that's also <laughs> changed. We, we train twice a week now. Fitness has been a massive thing. We've got our fitness coach. God, yeah, it's been non-stop. It's been hard work, but it's been great because we've seen results. Like We've had a lot of pre-season friendlies, and as the weeks go on, you can just see the massive change in the team with fitness and everything. It's been great. And a change in venue, of course, for your home games from this season and, and training base as well. Yeah, Burnham. Wow, that's been amazing. It's just crazy how bringing such professionalism and changing like a ground, it just sometimes I turn up to train and I'm like, wow, what we've got here is amazing and it just pushes you to work even harder so yeah the ground's great stadium's amazing everything about it's been great to be honest we're very lucky and a new leadership structure as well within the team which you must be very proud to be part of yeah the leadership group i was very honored to be asked to be a part of the leadership group i feel like i have a lot of respect from the team and management which means so much to me i feel like i can communicate effectively with the team but most importantly i'm approachable for the girls so if they need to come to me for anything on or off the pitch that brings great comfort and it feels like there's a real mixture in the team as well both you know players that have been there a while or you know younger or older uh, members of the team as well yeah it does so it's there's our team we have a reserves and under 18 team as well it's great to see the reserves team they train with us and you know brought up to some games and it's great to see the younger girls coming up and improving immensely and yeah just being involved like our team's very welcoming so when the reserves come 
come up and play with us on a Sunday or to our training, it's great because we welcome them. We're like a very close team. So we're all like a family. So regardless if you're new or if you've been in the club 10 years, I feel like everyone has the same effect on the team. So how would you say your preparations for the new season have gone? Yeah, amazing. I can't wait for the league to start on Sunday and show all the other teams what we're made of and what we've built as a team in pre-season. I don't think they're ready. Compared to last season, we have changed immensely. I feel like, yeah, from what we was last season to now, we've come along heaps and bounds. It's like a fresh start, you know, like a new leaf. The management has changed. Oh, it's, it's just been crazy. It's hard to put into words, really. Like from last season, our manager was great, but it's just, you know, a fresh a breath of fresh air that we need. Honestly, it's changed and the impact on the team it's had is crazy. So what sort of challenge are you expecting from Winchester? You know, we always go into a game with the same expectations of it's going to be tough, it's going to be a hard game. We've got to stick in, you know, work together, not work individually, work as a team. And then when, once our mindset's in there, and that's it, nothing can change it. We're ready to go now. And you must be really looking forward to your first home game as well, obviously, you're a new base. Yeah, I'm very excited for our new home game. We've had a lot more, even for our friendlies. The numbers have increased, you know, people watching, coming along to support us. So hopefully once the season starts and we've got some games under our belt at home, we'll get a lot more people coming to watch us. Really nice, I think, for people to be able to follow, you know, your progress. And as you say, after the Euros and, you know, with the men's team as well, kind of a real additional thing to perhaps come along and, and support your games on a Sunday too. Yeah, of course. A lot of our supporters are from the men's team as well, which is even, oh, that's, that's amazing, you know, to know people supporting the men, but now they're coming and supporting the women too. It's great. It gives us that extra push and motivation to do them proud as well. So have you got your own kind of aims for the season, both for yourself and, and also for the team as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone's got, got the same aim of winning the, winning the league, but even like for us to improve, because I can feel how the structure of the team and the club it's just been amazing so you know to get the points under our belt keep clean sheets especially for us at the back and just yeah just have have a great time to be honest we enjoy it so just keep showing that on the pitch and with the scores I suppose like try and get as many goals as we can as many clean sheets then build our way up in the table and it'd be really nice, I think, as well, for, for the team to be able to use the, the Women's Euros achievements as a real motivator. I was reading it, and Katie did a great piece on the website saying you know, the achievement will make her kind of like train harder and work harder in games as well. Yeah, of course. Like I said before, it's just the sense of self-esteem and it makes us, you know, want to reach higher, motivated more. Like you say, it wants to make you work harder because you know the girls are us proud. And I feel like we should make, you know, our manager proud for all the work he's put in, our supporters. And yeah, just the confidence to reach our goals and to aim high to try and win the league. And we should mention as well your, your final pre-season game, uh, which was the ideal preparation, really. A great win and a great goal for yourself as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a great game, great game. Especially from conceding quite early and it being 1-0 and coming back to winning 4-1. It was great. That feeling's amazing. You know, we didn't give up. We stuck in. We dug in for each other. And yeah, it was great. And especially getting that goal. <laughs> I was so happy. Really nice to speak to Amy Leach, who's a new member of the leadership team with Wickham Wanderers Women, uh, centre-back, you know, and uh, we wish her and the rest of the team all the best uh, for their upcoming uh, league debut match on Sunday, which is away to Winchester City Flyers. Uh, of course, there are the, uh, the reserves and under-18s as well. We'll be following Wickham Wanderers Women on the Wickham Wanderers show uh, throughout their season, regularly chatting to Carl Simon, their manager. Uh, next week, we'll be chatting to Emily from the club to find out a bit more uh, about uh, behind-the-scenes 
and uh, what uh, what goes into uh, putting the team together type thing. Uh, also, of course, uh, this week we're uh, dedicating the show to um, Bill Turnbull, who has died from prostate cancer at the age of 66. Manager Gareth Ainsworth has said uh, that uh, they're really going to miss him. Uh, those who didn't know him missed out. What a guy, uh, Gareth said. Those who did, what can you say about him? A fantastic guy, Wickham through and through. He was properly invested in the club. Uh, Gareth said he was happy to hear he was one of the lucky few who got to the Oxford game at Wembley. RIP Bill. Uh, thoughts and prayers with his family and hope we can keep the Wickham train running the way he would want you can hear uh, more from gareth of course on wanderers tv in the pre-match drills feature uh, which is available now uh, producer luke is with us producer of the show and uh, and you've you've met uh, bill yourself as well yeah as uh, as aaron you said earlier on uh, with his with his tribute uh, he, you know bill was always there in, in the press box uh, when we were there in the early days of wickham sound and uh, wickham hospital radio and you know he would always have time for everybody that you know that was there if you were bbc sky anything like that hospital radio you know if you were a fan of wickham he would stop and talk and 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 just have a chat and you know he was always there for to giving advice as well if you asked him some questions or something so you know, he was he was so so lovely and as gareth said you know just so invested in the club and you could tell and also in his commentaries as well, uh, he was a, <laughs> he was a big fan of pointing out whether whether referees had perhaps not quite uh, reached the right decision. And uh, also also as has been mentioned in a number of tributes, very sort of unbiased in his coverage as well. Yeah, and there's been some clips that um, Phil have shared uh, today on his social media and the club as well of um, him with sort of some some interesting stories as well, including uh, a time that uh, a swan got stuck on the motorway. Uh, that was after a partridge got uh, stuck in the goal net, I believe, at Adams Park, uh, and they had to rescue that. And that was that was a good story but also as you said you know uh, his his thoughts on some of the the re- referee decisions uh, throughout the games as well which you know Matt and Phil said you know they'll they'll keep going in in his legacy but you know he he was he just brought something you know to the commentaries that you don't get elsewhere and, and feels the same as well it's you know you get that bit of humor that bit of light uh, into into the commentary and you feel like you you just you know you're you're hanging out with a friend while watching the football no matter where you are if you're in the UK if you're in Wickham um, or you know as we've seen over the last few seasons across the world he obviously loved the club, uh, was a real fan of the Ted Boys. And as you say, that really came across in the commentary. Um, I recall uh, myself a few years ago, I was lucky enough to uh, host for a while uh, the uh, Q&A sessions uh, post-match in what was then, of course, the Veer Suite and uh, got to uh, chat to Bill. Uh, just on one occasion but it, it was so noticeable how you know he made time for, for myself and, and any other fans who, who wanted to sort of come up to him and chat to him about uh, the club as well and, and spoke passionately about uh, the players and uh, who his favourite players were and who put in the best performances and where they needed to improve at the time and also was a big fan of, of his bees of course and uh, could, could chat endlessly about that as well <laughs> yeah, very very true and I think you know even though you know when he left the the BBC, you know they had the big program at the end, which they did from Wickham. He sort of has always taken Wickham with him and, and made sure that he could get to games um, when he could. Obviously, the last time he was at the ground was I think was in uh, April, uh, I think last season. And, and Gareth and Matt Bloomfield, as we heard earlier on, went up and to see him. And you know he always made time for the club and always you know shared his comments on social media, or as we've heard for today uh, with with Matt and Gareth and, and Phil as well. And such a fantastic ambassador as well for uh, prostate cancer. He did that documentary, of course, uh, on the TV, which was it was fascinating to see sort of his journey and obviously how difficult it was for him and his and his family. But he was so um, keen to sort of raise awareness with with other people and get uh, men to be to be checked, of course, as well, and, and to, to to hopefully uh, sort of not come along with the same sort of diagnosis that he'd he'd had. Yeah, I think it's one of the the huge legacies that that he'll leave is 
when he first said what you know he was going through and the treatment he was going through the amount of people that signed up to have a test sort of skyrocketed after that documentary and after the the initial announcement but also today when the the news broke that he'd he'd passed away the the forums and people on twitter were all were all saying you know because of this news i've i've signed up i'm going to have a test um, and I know you spoke to that with Phil earlier on, and, and we've spoken about it with um, Alan Cecil th- throughout the earlier season. That that's what he left with them. You know, people were going to have tests and are going to as well today. And such a great ambassador for the club. He obviously understood, you know, what the club was about and its history. And and as you say, sort of living locally for so long. I think it was sort of Jordan's that, that he lived, and more recently, obviously uh, moved to uh, the, the the east. But um, uh, fantastic that you know to have someone like that who was so so passionate about the club and and so eager to to, to chat to literally anybody about uh, what was going on at Adams Park. Yeah, Gareth says in the in the pre match drills actually on Wanderers TV that he didn't realise how much Bill loved the club until he came to the club. Um, and you know that Bill was you know slightly embarrassed that he wasn't a Wickham lad, but loved Wickham so much because he'd picked up through uh, you know through doing radio and broadcast and stuff like that. And yeah, a lot of fans sharing today that you know if they saw him in the street, if they you know not even in Wickham. If they just saw him out on, you know, while on holiday, that if they went over to him and said, "Oh, you know, I've seen you at Adams Park," or, you know, "I've thank you for that commentary," you know, it really meant something. You know, that, that he would spend that time because he loved the club. Um, and you know, I think as Gareth said, we've we've lost a, a Wickham Wanderers legend today. And really nice as well that when he, he stepped away from uh, Breakfast TV, his final show on the on the red sofa was at Adams Park as well, because I, I think that's that's a really nice uh, gesture. And I'm sure, uh, you know, tomorrow there'll be there'll be much more more coverage of that on on TV as well. Yeah, the tomorrow morning uh there's going to be a few interviews uh i think 6 30 7 30 and 8 30 check on wick wanderers social media they put up this evening uh with gareth matt bloomfield uh, andrew howard travis stroud uh and uh talking about um uh, talking about uh, Bill uh, tomorrow morning so I'm sure there'll be lots of memories there and I'm, I'm sure as we look to the, the Port Vale game uh, there'll be lots going on around then So much that um, you know the club meant to Bill but also it's so clear how, how much uh, Bill meant to the club as well just some of the, the messages as you say that you've seen today and that have been on the, the Wickham Wanderers website as well Yeah and there's a, there's a video of um, Bill introducing Wickham Wanderers um, after they came up uh, I think it was to, to League One I think and the response that he got from the crowd when he was you know talking to them saying you know this is this is your club and the the reaction he got from the crowd um, you know he loved the club but the the club loved him as well and that went for the staff the players um, and the Wickham Wanderers fans as well and I think we've, we've seen that today with the amount of tributes that that have come through. And I think many fans will have their own sort of recollections of, you know, as you say, commentary moments that, that they'll remember from various games or, or perhaps even when there's nothing going on or, or as, we, as we said, some of, some of the refereeing decisions as well. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, there's been a few montages of, um, of Bill's best bits um, during, during the commentary and I'm sure there'll be lots more over the next few weeks um, as, as people share them. And I think a lot of people are hoping that some of those commentaries that Bill did will, will end up on, on Wanderers TV so they can, they can live on into the, into the history of, of the club because, you know, he was, a, he was a big part of the club. Uh, so, you know, um, Matt Cecil saying that he, you know, Bill was the reason that he fell in love with broadcasting the games and commentating with them because he he had that energy behind the club because he wasn't just commentating on any old club it was his club the club that he loved um and you had that energy behind uh behind him you know talking about the clubs when there was a goal if, as we said he, he didn't agree with what the ref you know his decisions you know you got that passion coming through 
and so invested in the, in the club and, and what they were doing. I remember um, hearing many interviews with him, obviously following events, you know, everyone remembers down at Torquay and, um, you know, when the club almost going out of business and the Kuwaits taking over and he was so so keen on, on, on that as well and, and what the future holds for the club too. Yeah, I mean, we just look at Rob's tribute today. You know, Rob's only been with the club two, two three years now and the impact that he's had on, on Rob and Pete. I remember during lockdown they did the, uh, the Chairboys live um, shows and... Uh, Bill appeared on a few of them uh, along with Pete as well and the stories that you know that had come out and the way that you know Pete and Bill were reacting and you know sharing stuff it was like they'd been friends forever and I think you know that is when we talk about Wicked Wanderers um, you know we, we say how much of a community it is and even if you're you've been part of the club for 50 years 30 years or even like 10 minutes you feel like you're part of that community and, and part of the family. That is something that's come across. I mean, we featured on the show before, you know, other, you know, supporters even who've, you know, sadly passed away and the, and the tributes and what it means to the, to the manager and other staff as well. Yeah, and, and just look at the Wembley game when, you know, we, we had that moment to, to celebrate those that couldn't be there at the game, um, talking to Matt before the game. You know, it is one big family at Wickham Wanderers. Um, and yeah, we've, we've, we've missed a, a key member of, of the family today. And as you say, really nice that, um, that the club will be paying tribute at that game at Port Vale uh, on the uh, 10th, of se- 10th of September and of course Fleetwood uh, this coming Saturday the players will be wearing black armbands as well. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it with Phil uh, this Saturday uh, from 2 o'clock when we talk to him uh, and then of course be, be part of those celebrations on Saturday when we're live there from, from 12 with Rob um, and you know sharing people's memories. You know, if you've, if you've got a memory, come up to us on, on that game on the Saturday and, and tell, us, tell us about it. Really nice, actually, to have a big crowd at Adams Park uh, on the 10th as well for people to, to celebrate the life of, of Bill Temple. Yeah, come down, celebrate, and uh, enjoy the game as well. But, yeah, celebrate the life of, of Bill. It's a really great opportunity. Uh, you can find out more uh, on uh, the Wickham Wanderers website. Uh, check out Wanderers TV as well. Uh, as we mentioned a little earlier on for that uh, pre-match drills uh, interview with Gareth, and uh, you can see uh, more from the manager and uh, lots more as well. Uh, former chairman Andrew Howard, of course, on TV tomorrow as well, and uh, lots of other coverage on the club's uh, social media as well. Thank you very much. Um, brilliant to uh, dedicate this show to uh, Bill. Uh, this week as well uh, a special man a special part of the club and as I say I'm sure uh, many have uh, your memories whether it's uh, his commentary of games uh, or indeed of course uh, his uh, appearance uh, the, the lone appearance as we mentioned at the, uh, the playoff final uh, against Oxford uh, or perhaps indeed uh, those words before the game against Sunderland One song can spark a moment One flower can wake the dream One tree can start a forest, one bird can herald spring. One smile begins a friendship, one handclasp lifts a soul. One star can guide a ship at sea, one word can frame the goal. One vote can change a nation, one sunbeam lights a room. One candle wipes out darkness, one laugh will conquer gloom. One step must start each journey. One word must start each prayer. One hope will raise our spirits. One touch can show you care. One voice can speak with wisdom. One heart can know what's true. One life can make a difference. You see, it's up to you.